Excited to be here, excited to be here. Um, hey, so I hated to hear that Tommy and Maddie are sick, but secretly, and now not so secretly, I'm really thrilled to have the youth in here today with us. So uh, I'm really excited that you're here. Uh, before we get started, and by way of transition, can we, those of y'all that were here and heard Dan speak on idolatry, and he said this phrase that our, that our hearts are actually factories of idolatry if we allow them to be. And so that we've got to check our motivations and we need to continually check in with the Holy Spirit on what's my motivation for this or that. Did just real quick, maybe one person or maybe two if there's several of you. Um, did you all encounter the Lord this last week in a, in a special way regarding idolatry? Did you feel like he was speaking to you, working in your heart? Uh, was there any progress made there that, that you could testify in front of all of us, anybody would be so bold to do that. Anybody? Are you scratching? All right, there you go, Neil. <laughs> Got one right here. During while well, I I spent time God with God when I cycle, mm-hmm. uh, and just just me and him and. One thing after, I think Jen and I talked about the, the service or Dan's um, message, um, I went out and, and, and thought about it, and I realized that I, I sometimes make Jennifer an idol, hmm. um, and, I, it, and, and sometimes we, we put too much pressure on, on, on our spouse to hmm. deliver and to, hmm. um, and, and, and our job to please them, right, and to connect yeah. all the dots for them. And so all of a sudden, I thought, I, and I came home back from my ride, and I said, Jen, I think I need less of you and more of God. Mm. <laughs> and that's not, wow. And, and it sounds, it sounds, you know, off, you know, like, well, what, there's something wrong with me. But no, no it's just, I, I think yeah. I need to put, put him first before yeah. anything else. So. And Jennifer, that had to have been a relief, or were you angry? <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we look to anything to give and to sustain us and feed us uh, when it's the Lord that should be that. That's an idol, even if it's somebody as close to you as your spouse. So thanks for that. Um, I'm going to start off today. I am, I am, like, my heart is about to explode uh, for this message, so I'll try not to make a mess up here. But um, uh, I'm going to start today with a warning, and, and particularly for you guys uh, younger that are in the youth, I, I want you to hear this. I didn't learn this until college. But when Lauren and I were at Texas A&M, we were, uh, it was just a really rich time where, you know, we unhitched our wagons from our parents and we were just pursuing the Lord and just kind of grasping for him everywhere. And I found myself going to charismatic prayer meetings, you know, different denominational meetings, uh, Catholic mass on Sunday. I was just reaching out, trying to trying to find him wherever he was to be found. And, and I really enjoyed that and seeing the various attributes of God that, that one group would, would necessarily trump over, over another group. And you just, you, I, I felt like I just got such a really beautiful picture of who the Lord is by, by seeing these different expressions of worship and, and uh, pursuing him. And it was just a rich time for me. But because I t- took that kind of, I'll call it a big bite of religion, of these religious meetings, there was this real, uh, there was this really ugly side that came up, and it was, and the ugly side was this: um, religion, um, well-hearted people, good, well-intended people would 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 generate this um, this 
even if it was unconscious communication, they would create this environment where here's, here's all of Christians, right? You're, you're in, right? These are people that have said yes to Jesus. They're going to heaven. They've stepped through the door of salvation. They are, we said last time that they are, they are much loved, blood-bought, adopted children of the Most High God. They bear his name. They are in. You're good. But if you believe this, if you do this, if you posture yourself in this way, there's actually this upper class of the spiritually elite. And so I saw it. I know many of y'all have Catholic backgrounds. And uh, I, I, I love, I've, I've got a Catholic brother that I absolutely love. And he wrecked me, uh, my Southern Baptist background when I, was at, when I was in college. And he loved Jesus more than I did. And it screwed me up. But um, he... Um, <laughs> Uh, I was connecting, I would go to Mass, and you know, I'm a Protestant, so I do this when they're handing out the Eucharist, and, and so I just got in one of the discussions with this priest about, you know, am I in or not, and he said, man, you're in, you're in, but the communication, again, uh, and this wasn't his intent, and if he heard me say this, he'd say, that's not what I said, but what I felt was, hey, you're in, you're a Christian, but unless you're under the papal blessing, unless you're under the, the spiritual authority of the Pope, then, you know, you're always going to be lacking something, and you're going to be, you know, I felt like I was less than, and then I was over here at a, a charismatic deal, and, and even a church down the street who is full of people who I love and that are pursuing the Lord, uh, I feel like there's just this unconscious communication that if you don't speak in tongues, like there's, you know, you're kind of here with the commoners, but if you speak in tongues, then you, you had this special connection with the Lord and a special experience with the Lord. Then I was at a, a, a reformed university fellowship meeting, and I just, I, I, there were certain things about those folks that I just loved, and uh, until I got side to side with one guy, and he, was, and he basically said this, Justin, do you believe like other Christians? Do you think like other Christians? Or, or are you reformed? And again, so those are three really quick examples that kind of span the whole spectrum of where um, in religion, we, we kind of create this like next level. And we're always striving, and then there's condemnation if you're down here. And, and I just want to tell you, um, there is no upper class of the spiritually elite. It doesn't exist. Because what Christ accomplished in your, like, I mean, it's like he, he brought you up a thousand miles and the, you're, you on your best day move up like a millimeter, right? Like it doesn't matter what we do when we're in Christ. What he did is the big thing, not what we do. And so uh, I wanted to start off with that warning today um, because what we're going to talk about is the most important message I feel like I could, if, if the Lord grants me any way to influence you this evening, uh, it would be these words. It would be this message. This is what I would want to talk to you about. Um, and there's just that tendency to think, oh, okay, then there's the spiritually elite, and that's not where we're going. Uh, but, there, but there is an invitation. Uh, there is an invitation to more. The Father, we believe, is saying, particularly to us, particularly this year, he's saying, come with me. And there's an invitation in that to intimacy. And there is more. And you can say yes to that. But there's, don't, don't think this is a class thing, okay? Um, A.W. Tozer said it like this. God, we actually have this, um, God doesn't have favorites, but he does have intimates. And so we're going to talk today about what does it mean, how do we become an intimate of God? All right, so I'm going to just stop right here, pause, and, and just pray um, because I can't teach this. Um, Lord God, we just, I just thank you for the time of worship and how you just reestablished yourself on the throne of our hearts as we come in and we gather 
and we sing praises to you. It's so easy in that context in a world that's very difficult to put you on the throne. And you, you shine a light on all the idols in our hearts and you dethrone them and, and it's so easy to place you there. And I just thank you for that grace when we come together and, and meet like this. Father, I pray that you would give me your words today to communicate what I can't communicate. Lord, I pray with every fiber in my being that you would set our hearts on fire for you. And so that when you say, come with me, our heart posture is, I would rather be nowhere else. And so we pray for that, God. Lord, we recognize that we're just one expression of the church here, and there's a capital C church in the land in Castle Rock, and we just pray for uh, Marcus and Alyssa. Alyssa, who was with us last week, and Marcus was over in Africa. He's, he's come back, I think. Um, Lord, we just pray that you bless them, their church, the gathering, that you would set their hearts on fire, and that when people come to their church, that they will encounter your presence in a powerful way, and we pray the same thing for us as we do so much. Lord, we love you. We want to love you more, and we just pray that you would do a work in us uh, today. We've got nothing else. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Told y'all it's going to be hard. Um, all right, so how do we become an intimate? Uh, one of the things that we've got to recognize is this, is this is the game that God has been playing all along. Uh, my life verses, Jeremiah 9, 23, and 24, uh, falls perfectly in line with what Dan preached last week and what we're trying to communicate this week. It says, thus says the Lord. And, and by the way, I think, I think I, I found only one other scripture that was in like in Habakkuk that began and ended with the Lord saying, hey, I'm talking here to you. Listen. So it says, thus says the Lord, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches, but let him him who boasts boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I practice mercy and justice and righteousness on the earth. In these things I delight, declares the Lord. Oh, when we think of the idols in our hearts, you know, they so easily fit into the box of wisdom, education, always needing to be right, um, being the smartest one in the room. Or might, you know, any physical attribute. This could be, this could be physical beauty. This could be uh, athleticism. This could be, uh, you know, physical fitness, dieting, um, you know, your use of essential oils. Like whatever. Um, uh, riches, that's, that's an obvious one, right? Like your financial status or, or uh, achievement or what you haven't achieved. And you're just, you're like longing for it. Um, those are all idols, and the Lord says, don't boast in those things. If you're going to boast, boast in this, that you know me. And that word boast, it, it literally, when I looked it up in the Hebrew, it, it meant shine. It meant to shine. It's this, uh, it's this reveling. It's, this, it's not so much like brag, um, but it's this, it, it's this to glory. There's an old English translation for this scripture that says, he who glorieth, glory in this, that he understands and knows me, says the Lord. So it's just this. This is what we center our life around. And we know we've, we've spoken before. I think uh, Mark actually preached on this Hebrew word yada, which is uh, to know. You notice it said, uh, boast in this, that you understand, okay, you understand, but that you know me. And that know is, you know, Adam knew Eve and then they conceived a son. Like this is an intimate knowledge. Um, I can tell you all about my wife, Lauren. 
I can fill books with facts about who she is and her past and what she's done and what she wants to do. But more importantly, you could say something and I could tell you how my wife would respond or I could say something stupid and I, could, I know before she says it, I know what she's going to say or how she's going to feel, how she's going to think. I know her. And, and better yet, uh, I can think of times, um, like just it felt like a few weeks ago, when she preached, when she was up here. Um, and I can think of other times in our lives when, when she did something, and, and I was there, I was a spectator, and I, and I watched it happen, whether it was with her kids or, or up here or whatever. And I can describe to you not only what she said, but I can, t- I can describe to you what it accomplished in my heart watching her do that. And why my love for her grew. That's the kind of knowledge that the Lord wants you to have. He does not want you to be a biblical scholar. And he doesn't want you to have it all figured out. He wants you to know him. And he's invited, it's important to him that you feel like you know him. He says this phrase uh, in the Bible over and over again. And I literally, I found it everywhere. We'll run through it real quick. Actually, I'll, I'll skip that part for time's sake. Um, but I found like all these verses in Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, uh, all through the Psalms, all through the, the prophets, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and then in the New Testament and Paul's epistles. And it's this phrase, here it is, and you guys finish it. You will be my people and I will be your God. That's like, I keep using Lauren as an example. If there was a crowd of women, that would be like, hey, you're going to be my wife and I'm going to be your husband. That is a... That is a statement of intimacy. That is God saying, you are mine, and I am yours. So God wants us to, he's inviting us. When he's saying, come with me, when I, when I come home after a week like I've had this week that was just terrible, um, I, was, I was gone before the kids woke up, and I came home after the kids were in bed, and I don't think I had dinner with my family one time. <laughs> Uh, it was just one of those weeks, and I come home, and uh, this didn't happen this weekend, but it's happened before, um, where I'll say, hey, Sadie, come to, come to Tractor Supply with me. I got to go buy a cutter for my, and she'll say, no, Dad, I don't want to go to Tractor Supply with you, <laughs> and uh, d- does anything positionally change with us? Not at all. She's my daughter. If anything, I long for her more because I'm missing her, because I don't get to spend time with her. And I wanted to go to Tractor Supply with her, but she didn't want to go. You know, the Lord's the same way. He's saying, come with me. And we can say no. We can, we can not discern his voice because our ears are so full of so many other voices. Or we can clearly hear him and just say, mm, no, I'm not doing that. Or he can say, no, come with me. And we can flat out say, no, disobey and say, no, we're not going to, Lord. And nothing changes positionally. You don't move from the upper class to the lower class. He, he loves you. When he looks at you, his heart breaks for you. But he wants you to come. And so that's an invitation, okay? And so that's, that's what's going to kind of frame that. So from there, actually, I'm going to pause right there. Um, can we, I'm going to ask you a question, and we're going to pass the microphone around here um, as you have responses, and just ask that you be authentic in this. Has there, can you describe a time briefly uh, when you encountered the Lord, um, maybe in a powerful way, maybe, maybe just in a meaningful way, maybe in a way that you'll never forget, um, where 
that encounter with the Lord did not happen at church or in a youth group or at a Christian concert or a, or a conference or sitting on the ch- couch of a house church. All those are fantastic things, and it's a whole other story. But, but where you just encountered the Lord when it was just you and him. Have we got any examples or testimonies of, of those? Um, I, you know, it's new year, new me. So I've been walking on the treadmill and doing my quiet time in the morning. And yesterday I was praying for my children and I felt God in a very real visceral way. And I was crying and walking on the treadmill. So, (laughs) oh, that's good. So good. Hi, I'm Tina, and um, I, I did not grow up in a Christian home, and um, I actually came to know the Lord because someone brought me to church, and um, I was in high school, and uh, I just remember my house, my home life was really um, just chaotic, so I, when I started, when I was able to drive, I would drive down to this park and sit and watch the sunset. Um, after I got off work and school and everything and just sit and just have moments with Jesus um, just so that I could like gather my thoughts and go home and face whatever was gonna happen when I went home and um, so anyway um, I just know when I I struggle with God in my walk with him um, which has been over 30 something years now and I still struggle (laughs) It's a daily thing, but he'll say something to me, and he goes, you know it's my voice. He goes, remember the times we used to sit in the sunset? I'm still that same God. Yeah. So he reminds me of that a lot. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. I think the Lord loves it when we wrestle with him. There was a man named Jacob that wrestled with him one time, and then he renamed him Israel, and then a lot of stuff happened. I think the Lord chooses people who wrestle with him. He loves that. Good. Anybody else? We got two here. Early on in my walk with Jesus, um, I had a, a vision experience, literal. Oh, wow. And uh, I uh, dropped on my face, landed at his feet, mm. my arms stretched out, and he started drawing from me every pain, every sorrow, every stressful, hateful, Mm-hmm. moment and I started sobbing mm-hmm. and, so- and I don't cry yeah. I started crying that day oh. and he uh, he just drew that all out of me wow. as a living experience with the living God and he uh, yeah. graced me so mercifully with mm-hmm. that and I f- have been forever changed because of that because I can't forget it yeah. and, it and how long there. ago was that roughly well that was about 20 years ago okay so yeah. um, just a milestone moment between you and the Lord and how many times have you fought back, leaned on that memory? Just, I want to say almost daily. Daily. Because <laughs> I experience the stress and the yeah. hurt and the pain. He says, just yeah. give it to me. Mm. So good. So good. Thank you. Hi, my name is Peter. I, um, like Neil, I often meet with the Lord on my bicycle. 
but it's always on a mountain. And um, so for many years, we, we had to leave Colorado because I lost a business, and I felt I was living in exile in Los Angeles, and God really used that bike to, to save my heart. I've lost count of the number of times, that, and I even reduced it to one gear to make it harder. <laughs> uh, I would just climb this same um, uh, ridge outside of San Dimas and get a look at Mount Baldy in the backcountry. And uh, after a terrible week at work, <laughs> and, uh, and God would just use that beauty and that solitude and that fatigue to, to meet me and say, I'm inviting you deeper in, and I'm, I've got mm. your heart. That's so good. He restores your soul like Psalms 23. Good. Yeah. Hi, my name's Shauna, and often I feel like I'm called or beckoned into the woods or backpacking or hiking and have lots of encounters there. And one that stands out in particular was I had cleared my schedule, kids were taken care of, and I was going for three days. And I love my journal because I'm like, I'm out here, I'm going to be with God, and it's great. And I kept feeling like, go home. I'm like, no, 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 I've, I've got this all planned. It's, you know, I've, I've got it figured out. And I kept uh. writing like, go home. I'm like, well, I'm not scared. I don't want to go home. And then I was praying about it and asking, he's like, we don't have to do this here. Take me home. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, my goodness. And then oh, wow. it turned into date night. So yeah. he's like, you know what? Bring me home and let's do the things you love. So oh, I played I the love piano. That. I had sushi. Like, it was just a really yeah. nice. But I think for the longest time, God was something I went to. Yeah. And, mm. you know, I had it all planned out. It was going to be my way. And mm. he's like, go home. But, but bring me. That's you know, good. we don't have to do it here. I heard uh, once... Um, that the biggest hurdle for you experiencing the Lord the next time is how you experienced the Lord the last time. Uh, and we just keep trying to remanufacture. Uh, and the Lord's fresh and new, and he always wants to be. That's good. Thanks. Brock, do you have something? Um, I'm Brock, and it wasn't like one specific time, but a lot of times I'll go and I'll play basketball just by myself, and I'll kind of just like talk and connect with God just just me and like playing basketball and it helps me just like hear him and talk to him. Sometimes. I love it. I love it. You guys, y'all, y'all are hearing so many examples. Uh, I'm not cutting anybody off, am I? Um, you're, you're hearing examples of if, if we only knew what God wants to accomplish in us, you know, we always focus about what he wants to do through us. We'll, we'll get there later this year, but uh, what does he want to accomplish in us? It's so deep and it's so personal and it's so powerful. And if we were to walk in true freedom from our idols and our, and our pet sins, and if we were to really and truly let him be the Lord of our thoughts and our emotions and, and these, these things that people go to church for 40 years and they never cross the line with those things with the Lord, the only place that that happens, he can encourage it, he can speak into it at church, he can do it, but it's like going on a group date all the time. It's like you're always group dating. And then you never separate and get your beloved and have that intimate moment. You know, you don't have the intimacy of the bedroom. All you have is this group date scene thing, which is good. I mean, I would say here at Shine, it's great. But there's something he's calling us to. And it's a work that he's going to do. Even, even in the context of a corporate meeting like this, the main thing is what he's doing in you secretly that nobody around you can see. And so we can pursue that and we can foster that by going there. 
go in the secret with the Lord. So Jesus demonstrated this, right? Let's, let's put up, uh, I think, Luke chapter 5. It says he, he often went away to the wilderness. Jesus himself would often slip away to the wilderness and pray. Luke 5, the next verse. Uh, get a load of this. Jesus, oh, we got a little lag. So Jesus went away to the mountain to, he went off to the mountain to pray, and he spent the whole night in prayer. I used to think when I read this, like, oh, Jesus is just being super pious. Like, he's being really religious. And now, as you get to know this man, you're like, no, he was head over heels in love with his father. And it was the greatest experience. It was the greatest thrill of his life. I bet he didn't have to go, hey, I'm going to meet with the Lord one hour, and then I'm going to meet with the father. I'm going to build up to three hours. And now I'm meeting with him all night on my prayer mountain. There was nothing like that. I think he was running to the mountain, that there was nothing else he would rather do. And so Jesus demonstrates this. The next Next group of verses, he's got his disciples, his, his kind of inner circle that he's coaching and mentoring, and he's saying, guys, when you, when you pray, uh, go into your inner room. Go into your inner room, close the door, pray to your father who's in secret, and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you, and I would put in there, reward you with himself. He will meet you there. James 4, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. He is pursuing you, so the appropriate question is, will you pursue him. He chose you long ago, and you made a decision, most of us in this room, to choose him, but now he's pursuing you. Will you pursue him back? So the Jesus demonstrated this for us. Uh, so not only that, um, I'm going to skip ahead. So that's Jesus. You know, he's like a spiritual superstar. Um, what about testimonies of intimates that were just normal people like you and me? Uh, we got Hosea 6.3, it says, and, and listen as I read through these, listen to the heart behind some of what's being said here. He says, oh, that we might know the Lord, that we might press on to know him. Let's go to the next one, Psalm 34.8. Oh, taste and see, if you could only taste the goodness of the Lord. Psalms 23, he makes me lie down in green pastures. This is what I was thinking of as you were talking. He leads me to quiet water. He restores my soul. He's the only thing that restores my soul. Uh, psalm 63 is such a common psalm, but not in this translation, and I love the Passion Translation, how it does this. So, oh God of my life, y'all hear this, I'm lovesick for you in this weary wilderness. I thirst with the deepest longings to love you more, with cravings in my heart that can't be described. Such yearning grips my soul for you, my God. Psalm 73, whom have I in heaven but you? Earth has nothing I desire besides you. Something I've prayed over my daughter Sadie since she was a little baby when I held her in my arms, that she would have none but Jesus. Even though your flesh and your heart may fail, God is your strength of your heart and he's your portion forever. That means if your spouse died if your kids were killed in a car wreck, if your, all your wealth was stripped away, if you got cancer, as long as you had the Lord, he is your portion and he's all you need. Doesn't mean you're not gonna grieve and hurt, but that's who you hold on to. So let's get out of the Bible. Let's go to St. Augustine, a dude that lived around 400 AD. He said, to fall in love with God is the greatest of all romances, to seek him the greatest adventure, to find him the greatest human achievement. 
He said later, uh, as he's praying, he's writing this prayer. He said, you have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they find the rest in thee. Uh, skip this one. It's too long. We don't have enough time. Um, Oswald Chamber, it is impossible for a believer, no matter what his experience, no matter what his, his training and education, what, no matter what his seminary degree, to keep right with God if he will not take the trouble to spend time with God. Spend plenty of time with God. Let other things go, but do not neglect him. Next one. A.W. Tozer, my personal favorite. Um, I want the presence of God himself, or I don't want anything at all to do with religion. I want all that God has, or I don't want any of it. Reminds me of Paul. If, it, if Jesus wasn't, didn't die and was raised from the dead, like, what are we doing? This is a game we're playing. It's simply not enough to know about God. We must know God in increasing levels of intimacy that lifts us up above all reason from, from a, a religion in our mind to the world of adoration and praise and worship. It should move us to encounter the Lord, and we do that in the secret. All right. Were there any more? Is that it? Nope. We'll save this later. Okay. A little teaser. Um, so, guys, this is... Uh, Y'all see that we, we see the testimony of all these men. There's so many examples of, uh, I mean, there's so many quotes that I've got swimming through my mind right now of people that were just, that were, that were right in line with these. Um, and y'all see this, this call is very real. God desires it. Jesus demonstrated it. We, we read examples of other men and women who have, who, whose heart is on fire for the Lord. Um, and I will submit to you that this is the greatest part of the human life is to know God. The greatest thrill in your life would be to discover in deeper depths who God is and what he means to you. Uh, uh, it's how you rebound from catastrophic failures. It's because you know God. And if it's how you uh, endure hardships that are unfathomable. It's because you, you know God. It's, it's the essence of what you're doing at your job is to know God, discover him there, and to make him known. It's the essence of your parenting is to make him known and to discover more about how your father feels about you because of how you feel about your children. It's, it's the center of everything. It's like me trying to live my life in a way that's not fueled by my intimacy with the father is like trying to rub my truck on orange juice. It just, like we see examples everywhere of people that do this. And it's miserable. I don't know why you do it when you've got a Lord. A father that's sitting there saying, come with me, come with me. I will restore your soul. I will be your sustainer and your redeemer. I will redeem the trashiest stuff in your life and make it a pearl. I will make it something that you actually look back on and say, I'm thankful I went through that. Like, don't you want to know a God like that? This is our life. So uh, quickly, practical advice. Um, so clearly this is more caught than taught. Um, uh, DJ can't do this for you. Um, your uh, mother can't do this for you. Uh, this is something that you have to respond to yourself. And nobody can respond in this way but you. When the Lord says, come with me, it's, it's not groupthink. It's, it's not a crowd that says, you going? You going? Oh, okay, we're all going to go. Like, it's, it's a very personal thing. And so how do we, how do we foster this? Um, we establish it's got to be in the secret, um, and it has to be unique to you. You have to, 
uh, a guy who discipled me through this um, years ago, he said, um, you've got to have your own thumbprint, right? Some of you um, had a baby a couple months ago. Your situation is going to be different than Andrew over here, who's a single guy, but a budding career, demanding career, three roommates that caused problems in his life, you know. Um, you're, you're, which is going to be different than, you know, Stacy, and different than, it, it's, it, we're all going to be unique. And so I'd say don't compare, don't, don't look over other people's notes, but do be encouraged by others, okay? Uh, leave the bad, the stuff that doesn't fit for you, and take the good, the stuff that fits and, and is good. So uh, kind of five things I'd like to talk to you real quickly is, first is get a plan. You, you don't show up next door at the gym and like, what am I doing? Like, you have a plan. I'm going to work shoulders today, right? Like, show up with the Lord and have a plan. Um, you, you, have to, you, you have to get into this. Um, those, I've heard it said, uh, those that are in God's word the most hear his voice the best. Um, this is his voice. If you, if you don't know what it sounds like, like I'm in, I'm in um, a flight school right now to be a, a pilot, and uh, like, when you put that thing on and you're hearing all the, like, air traffic control, like, you're like, I have no idea what they're saying. I don't know if they're talking to me. And even if they are, I don't know what they're saying. Like, read the word. Read, consume it, and you will learn the voice of the Father. Um, it's, it's uh, you can do, you know, the one-year Bible, the three-year Bible. Um, you can, you can, there's books out there for the 365 best verses in the Bible. You can pick one a day. You can do... For 100 years, people have been going through my utmost for his highest, Oswald Chambers. Um, you know, there's so many good things that you can go out. But, but, but have, a, have a plan. Get into the Bible. Um, don't, it, it's not about how many times you go through the Bible. So it's not about that. Um, it, it's how many times does the Bible go through you, right? So um, I've, been, I've been coached on don't, don't, don't read the Bible because uh, I can do that. Like I'm, I'm almost through trying to read through the Bible uh, in one go for the second time. And, it, and it's like, there's days when I just, I'm just consuming huge volumes of Scripture. That's not for the secret time. That's for your reading time. Uh, the secret time, you want to pray. You don't want to read the Bible. You want to pray the Bible. So Romans 8, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free from the law of sin and death. You go to the Lord and you say, Lord, uh, it says there's no condemnation, but I feel condemned in this area. Would you, like, what do you, what do you have to say about that? And you listen and he speaks through his word. Um, can you help me not to have condemnation for this group over here that are in Christ, but I just, they're just so wrong. Would you help me not to have condemnation for them? And, and then, you know, this, this law of the spirit of life that sets you free from the law of sin and death, where, where do I have sin that leads to death in my life that's holding me captive and I'm not free? And you just, you just pray through it, you see? So it's not... This isn't, this is unhurried time. It's not a long time. It, I, I spent time with the Lord on Thursday. I think I spent eight minutes, but it was so rich. I mean, you, you don't come to the Lord rushed. Um, you encounter him like somebody that you love so deeply that you haven't seen in a long time. You don't, when you cross paths with him in the grocery store, you, you take time. You relish him. Um, so get a plan. Um, secondly, Set a time. Uh, for me, I would say give God your best. Uh, if, for me, it's early in the morning. Uh, for some of you, it's at lunchtime, mid-afternoon, late in the evening. Uh, but, but set a time. Uh, you, you don't wake up in the morning and 
you know, go through gyrations in your head of, am I going to brush my teeth today or not? Right? Like, you, you pre-decide. You, you set a time to meet with the Lord, and you, and you show up at that time. Um, so, so important. Um, it doesn't matter if it's 15 minutes, eight minutes, three hours. That's not the point. The point is just set a time, develop a rhythm in your life. Um, Oswald Chambers is important. Nope, I already read that quote. Um, let, me, let me say this. Um, you're not too busy. Um, you are not too busy. You're not too busy. We're all hearing that, like an alarm going off in our head right now. You're not too busy. It is, it is better for us uh, in authenticity before the Lord. He knows us. I mean, we're naked before him. So he, he knows everything about us. It is better for us to be honest and say, Lord, I choose not to spend time with you. And, and wrestle with him on that. that. That's better than to say, oh, well, I'm going to do it. And then not. And then um, just be honest. Um, but you're, you're, you're really not too busy. Um, third, find a place. So get a plan. Set a time. Find a place. Uh, almost as important as to figure out where you don't want to do it. For me, I can't do it horizontal anywhere. I can't do it in bed. I can't do it laying down on the couch. Um, I can do it at my office, but not sitting at my computer in front of my email. Um, some people meet with the Lord really powerfully in the car. Some of you should never meet with the Lord in the car. Um, like, just find your place. Find your posture. Um, my pastor back in Texas, he, would, uh, uh, he was OCD, so he would, he would, he would walk and, uh, and pace with the Lord, and he would, he would actually go to the church early and and walk around, and that's how he would meet with God. And I traveled with him one time to China, and he, uh, we're in the airport. It's one of those times you had to get there at like 4.30 in the morning for your flight, and he, uh, he would excuse himself from us at the gate, and he would, right there in the corridor, and he was just pacing. And he was pacing, and he would get down on his knees every once in a while, and he'd get up, and he'd pace. He was just a pacer. So just find your posture. Find your place. Uh, next, find encouragement. Um, a, a group of guys, when I was in my young 20s, uh, we would send a text, right? Romans 8 no condemnation, right? Don't, don't spend 15 minutes with the Lord and then 15 minutes writing a text. Like that's, you know, just real simple. Hey, I was in here, I was in this text that had something to do with this. And so that way, when my buddy didn't get it for a while, it's like, hey, it's been a few days. Um, are you meeting with the Lord? Oh, uh, no, we've, we've been in Breckenridge skiing. You know, it's been a few days. We got a bunch of people crammed in this rental house. Like I haven't met with the Lord. Hey, uh, don't forget, your truck doesn't run on orange juice. You know, you're really right. You know, I got 20 minutes before we all go to dinner. I'm going to throw my jacket on, walk around the block, and I'm going to spend time with my creator. Find encouragement. Uh, if you can throw the slide on with the books, uh, these, are, these are four books that have really moved the needle for me. J.I. Packer, Knowing God, it's probably like the Bible on meeting with the Lord and knowing him. A.W. Tozer, he'll mess you up with everything he's written, but the pursuit of God has... Uh, the, I mean, that, yeah, I could quote it. Uh, unhurried time with God. This is Jeff Wells. Um, just super, if you just want really, really practical advice, kind of like what I'm doing now, that's really good. Uh, Hudson's Taylor, Hudson Taylor's spiritual secret. Y'all, I was on a tractor um, in Texas um, doing some work for a few hours, and there was one point, and I'm listening to this book, and I'm throwing my head back and bawling. So if you want 
a book on, this is a man who went into the inland China, right? When everybody was kind of hitting the coastlands of Africa and Asia in their missional efforts, he was one of the, he was, he's, he's uh, kind of noted as the one that took it inland. And so he went inland China and uh, man, whew, and his wife died and all this stuff, but like his heart for the Lord. Uh, Jim Elliott's got a book out there that'll rock your world. Um, but super encouraging if you just like to uh, look over somebody's shoulders whose, whose heart is on fire for God. So those are just practical Get encouragement. Get a plan, set a time, find a place, get encouragement. And then finally, bonus round, set a rhythm. Um, some of y'all, y'all could open up your calendars right now and you could show me your next dentist appointment because you've scheduled it. Um, uh, I'm going to challenge you. Pick, pick uh, once a quarter, every, every 90 days, pick a time to spend a half a day with the Lord. Uh, four, let's say four hours. Um, get a hotel room. Uh, go on a hike, you know, whatever, just say, hey, I'm going to spend four hours, and my only agenda is to spend time with you, God. Uh, and then maybe once a year, say, hey, 24 hours, overnight, I'm going to fast, just, I'm just, and I'm not, nothing, for me, the, that's, that one's a really powerful one, because it takes me about eight hours just to quiet my mind, so I can hear him. Um, I'm like, but it's a worship song. No, like, quiet your mind. And just be at his feet. Um, Jesus had a rhythm of getting away with the Lord for extended time. Um, we're going to wrap up here. Um, Michaela, if you want to come up. I just, I feel like, um, I feel like I want to respond a little bit to the Lord, if that's okay. Um, Matthew 7 is this story where Jesus is talking to his guys. And he's, he's telling a story. He said, many will come to the end of their life, and they will, they will approach the gates of heaven, and they'll say, Lord, Lord, we, we prophesied in your name. We did all these mighty things in your name, and the Lord Jesus will say, I don't, I don't even know you. Depart from me. I do not know you, and uh, Lauren and I were talking about this earlier with the teaching team, and she was saying, you know, uh, which is totally against biblical doctrine, but um, she was saying, if you get there to the gates, and you meet with Jesus, and he says, you know, you just weren't good enough. Um, you know, most of our responses would be like, I know, I know that's right. But if he was to say, I don't even know you, I couldn't handle it. The God who did everything for us, who has everything for us. Um, he's calling you in. He's saying, come with me. And he's going to take us to some exciting places, but first that call is a call of intimacy. So what we're going to do, I'm going I'm to read this last quote um, from Tozer, and um, it's two slides. I'll read through it. Uh, but some of you are thinking, man, this is too high a call, or I don't have time for this, or, or, or I want to, but I don't know how to make this work. And I just want you to hear the wrestling that he had with the Lord, where he wanted it. Um, but let's just echo that prayer. So as soon as I finish the quote, we're just going to go into a time of silence. And wherever you want to go, however you want to posture, just, just, just talk to the Lord. And uh, just, just respond to whatever he's doing in your heart now. And then I'll close this in prayer. He says, oh God, I have tasted thy goodness. And it has both satisfied me and made me thirsty for more. I am painfully conscious 
of my need for further grace. I am ashamed of my lack of desire. Oh God, the triune God, I want to want thee. I long to be filled with longing. I thirst to be made more thirsty still. Show me thy glory, I pray thee, so that I may know thee indeed. Begin in mercy a new work of love within me. Say to my soul, rise up, my fair one, and come away. Then give me grace to rise and follow thee up from the misty lowland where I've wandered so long. If he's speaking to you, just ask questions. If you're confessing to him and saying, Lord, I want to know you, but I'm, I'm not doing such a good job. Ask him, Lord, what do you want of me? Ask him clarifying questions. Lord, we, we love you. We desire you so much. Um, and uh, I'm pretty wrecked by the disconnect between my desire for you and the priorities of my time and my actions. And, you know, if I was being followed around by a film crew, I'm not sure that the audience would see the heart that I have for you. There's a misalignment there, God, that I, I apologize and I confess and I repent of. And so just, Lord, give me grace. I, I want to want you more. I want to want you more than anything else on earth. But I, I, I don't know if that's true all the time. So make it true. Lord, I lay over, open my heart to you and I just ask that you would do a work in me so that you are the greatest thing. And there is nothing that competes with your position on the throne of my heart, my king, my lover, my savior. You are everything. I love you. We love you. And we're going to run hard after you. In Jesus' name, amen.